This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Sappy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 42. In this episode, the moms share part two of their interview with Blair Lee, author of Real Science Odyssey, Chemistry 1 and Biology 2, and Homeschooling Mom, and announced the winner of a set of Biology 2 ebooks from Candy Press. <laughs> mom, where's my mask? Mom, mom. Honey, where's my glasses? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. So Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit chat? 13 minutes, 54 seconds. And I wanted to announce that the winner of our Biology 2 giveaway was Natalie B. So congratulations, Natalie. Congratulations. Yay. And thanks to everyone else who entered. Yay. Yay. So, Tina, what have you been up to this week? Well, actually, for like the last month. Um, <laughs> what have you been up to this month? I know. We should, we should just call this a now and then podcast. That's pretty much how it ends up being. It's not weekly. It's not bi-weekly. It's just now and then. <laughs> life. That darn life just keeps I know. getting in the way. I was complaining about adult responsibilities the other day, and my mom said, I taught you well. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. We started a unit study on chocolate, kind of a makeshift unit study. We're kind of making it up as we go along. Um, a little while back and haven't gotten very far with it. But the kids were having a blast with the eating of chocolate. Of course. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just have to order. There's a kit where you can actually make uh, your own from cacao beans or something <gasps> like that. So I, I, I know I need to buy that. I saw it listed on one of the online chocolate unit study websites that I went to or whatever. So I got to go look that up again now that I actually have a little bit of money I could do that with. <laughs> but, um, it was really cool because the kids were in the process of taking a cooking class and like the day after we had watched some videos learning about the history and the science of chocolate, they were actually doing chocolate in their cooking class. Fun. It was not planned. It just happened. They were doing they did chocolate pasta and they did something else, chocolate, I can't remember. Anyway, the whole day was, for them that day was chocolate. And so then she was talking, that their instructor was talking about some of the stuff about chocolate and my kids piped it. I hear I'm in the other room and I hear... <gasps> Tear and pipe up and say something, and Maven pipe up. They like added to the info that she was cool. sharing, and one of them, I think, Maven actually corrected her on something. I don't remember the specifics, but it was so cool. I'm like, oh my god, they actually listened. <laughs> so that was really cool. And Tyrion is, uh, well, it was when I wrote this. <laughs> I was still enjoying drumming, but it's actually over now. Um, <laughs> uh. And um, yeah, so uh, the next drumming classes he'll take will be over the summer. There's two summer camps. So he did, he finished the We Got the Beat uh, drumming class, which was a weekly class. And then he did over spring break, he did community music camp, which is a local um, nonprofit organization that does really well-priced camp. And uh, I guess they do classes at some times of the year, too. It's like really um, affordable. I couldn't believe it. So we did that over spring break while he had a break from his drumming classes and um, loved it. And that one they do not just drums and, and, and um, percussion. They also did guitar and they did a lot of singing and they learned a, the, the topic for the week was blues. And so they learned a bunch of stuff about blues and blues singers, performers, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. that was really fun. He had a blast with that. So we're definitely going to be doing that again over the summer. 
Uh, we saw Wicked. Yay. Yay. Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to see that for so long. It was Maven's first Broadway play, and she loved it. And of course, since uh, since seeing the play, it piqued my interest in the story, because I didn't even know what the... I mean, other than The Wizard of Oz, being a spinoff from Wizard of Oz, I knew nothing about it, so I had to go and get the audiobook. So I'm now listening to it. <laughs> I read it a... Oh, wow, I read it a long while back. Like when it's very, it first came very, out. very, very, very different from the play, but <laughs> but it's cool, so... Uh, let's see what else we went to the Fresno Mini Maker Fair that we've been talking about on this podcast for a while that we were looking forward to that was really cool um, it was not as exciting as I had hoped it would be I didn't think it was worth the amount that they charged for the adults but hey you know <laughs> it was it was nice that they had it and um, and we did have a nice time at it and hopefully next year will be even better because you know it's it's the first full Mini Maker Fair that they did they did a mini one la- a mini mini a like mini, a mini mini, mini. <laughs> yes. last year and this year was the first time they did the full full event so um hopefully next year will be even better uh let's see we started minecraft homeschool that yeah. was really fun is it minecrafthomeschool.com it is, it is minecrafthomeschool.com yes oh my gosh so fun and becky's kids are in that too and we are having a blast we're on week three now yes of minecraft homeschool we will do a full review on that as soon as they're com- completed as soon as they've completed the course but um so far so good oh my gosh we are loving it so uh, let's see, and Tyrion has been obsessed with the story of the world, because he discovered, I, I think it's partially because he actually enjoys listening to it, but probably more that if I give him an hour on the computer when he finishes a disc. <laughs> so, <laughs> he has worked his way through the entire first audio book of story of the world, uh, was it the ancient world, ancient years or whatever yeah, yeah. and he is almost done with the second book which is the medieval times middle ages and um and yeah he's just loving it so i have to go ahead and order the third one from um, our school library because <laughs> i know they have the whole audio series as well so he can keep listening because he's really enjoying it he's i ask him i'm like are you actually paying attention are you actually listening to what he'll like be able to spew off different things that he just heard i'm like okay he is listening because <laughs> so, sometimes i wonder if he's just doing it to get time but no he's actually listening so <laughs> that is really cool i am so excited that he's doing that <laughs> And then we are having fun with the activity that we're doing right now with our friends called Secret Bunnies. Yes. It's kind of like Secret Santas. We've, we hooked up all, um, there's eight families that, that joined us and, uh, we took all the kids' names and stuck them all into a, uh, into a sp- I, I put them in a spreadsheet and I, I assigned kids. I used a random number generator and assigned kids. So each one has a bunny and a buddy. So the Secret Bunny gives the buddy something. Um, for the throughout the course of the event, and at the end, we'll reveal who the bunnies were. So every week, we're getting something from my kids' bunnies, and we're giving something to our buddies. So it's really cool because they're they're excited by receiving, and they're also really getting into giving gifts to try and brighten somebody else's day. So that's yep. been really fun. <laughs> yeah, my kids have been having a blast. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm having a lot of fun with it myself. <laughs> Just trying to. You know, giving them suggestions. Maven actually has been hand-making things. It's just, like, she's really having a blast with it. So that's really cool. We had a nice Easter with our family. Nothing too eventful. Just go and hang out with family. 
And let's see what else. And then today, I spent most of today revamping Homeschool Realm, my blog, my homeschool blog. <laughs> so anybody who checks out that site, you might want to go check it out, but you might want to wait a little bit because I'm not done yet with it yet. I've like revamped it a couple times and tried different themes and it's going to probably change a whole bunch more. So, <laughs> but I have been spending a lot of time on that website trying to get it back up and, well, not back up. It's always been up, but getting, getting it looking the way I want it to look. So. You tweaking things? Nuh-uh. I know, right? <laughs> always tweaking things. <laughs> always, always. So anyway, that's what we've been up to. What have you guys been up to? Let's see. Well, state testing. Oh, I, think you I got to mention, mention that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> state testing is uh, went well. Um, we still have one more activity to finish. Um, the group activity. Oh, you do? Yeah. We, our group activity had to get rescheduled because oh, um, right. there was only two sixth graders and oh, one right. of them couldn't make it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to do a group activity with only one kid. With just Danielle, right. So um, so we have to reschedule that, and I haven't heard back from uh, Bobby when that's going to be. But once we're done with that, then we are done. Yay, I'm happy. I guess it's not technically state testing, though, isn't it? Isn't it national testing now? Common you know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> but, but anyway, Tira loved the fact that you got to do it on the computer. Maven hated the fact that she had to do it on the computer. So I got one of each in my kids. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Danielle was the only one who tested. So um, she seemed to be okay with the fact that it was on the computer. I was a little disappointed that it didn't have a built-in spell checker because that would have made their lives a lot easier. Oh, really? Yeah, don't you think? I mean, realistically, if we're testing them on the computer to get them you get them ready for future technology, they're going to have little red squiggly lines sure. under, you know, stuff and yeah. just like we do, but Oh, yeah. Oh, all, all in all, it went really well and there wasn't the stress and the crying and everything that we had, you know, in previous years. So that's good. Jack has started a new therapy. It's called Interactive Metronome. And he's already done the initial evaluation. And um, that was really interesting to watch because he has, there's a metro, it's literally, it's a metronome uh, oh. going click, 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 click. And he's got to clap in time to the metronome or he's got to step on this little pad in time to the metronome. And what it, it's for is for left, right brain integration and that sort of thing. And um, motor planning. And um, some things that Jack has some issues with. But it looks like it's really fun. Um, and so Candy, she's the lady who runs it, she told me to download a metronome onto my iPhone so we could practice at home. Because so, he really needs work on his kickball change where they have to go to what, from one foot to the other. Mm-hmm. So um, Jack and I are in the kitchen with the metronome on, you know, left <laughs> foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. <laughs> It's like we're practicing for a Broadway play. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, shuffle but, ball, shuffle ball, kick. <laughs> that's what I said, kickball change. Yeah, there you go. So um, hopefully that will be helpful for him. And if not, it's, it's a ton of fun. So, you know, one way or the other, I guess. He's also started a new reading program called Fast Forward. That's for word, like W-O-R-D, not forward, right. like I'm going forward. And so far, he's really enjoying it. It's all on the computer. It's monitored by um, a tutor at the Center for Communication Skills. And um, it's parts of it are very, very, very funny. Like, um, <laughs> when he clicks on the games, it has, like, this, like, the guy who does the movie phone voice, you know? It's like, you can practice being a better listener in space! And, like, <laughs> it gets very excited. And I was laughing with my brother, and I was like, the problem with that concept is if you're truly in space no one can hear anything <laughs> there's no there's no uh, air to move the vibrations but oh, well. 
Details. Right, details, I know. <laughs> but the whole thing is, is set up to make it as exciting and as interesting as possible. So some of the voiceover stuff is really hilarious. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping that this will give us a kickstart on his reading. Um, it's a 12-week program, so um, we've only finished the first week. And actually, the first week was only four days because we had a holiday one of those days. So, <laughs> But so far, so good. Um, he's enjoying it, so that's what counts, I guess. Cool. Um, made the mistake of going to the zoo on a weekday during spring break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Angela, our friend, was off work and asked if we wanted to join her at the zoo. And, um, wow, really makes me thankful for when we go to the zoo when all the other kids are at school. Right. <laughs> Is it? I mean, like, we had to wait in line to see the baby tigers. Like, oh, no. there was this huge group of people, and we had to wait for them to be done looking at the tigers before we could look at the tigers. And, like, everything was just more crowded and more loud and I found myself many times looking at children going where the heck is your adult because they were just you know they're acting up I don't like it and there's also a brand new baby peccary which Uh are those the little pig looking guys that are over by the rainforest oh my gosh it's so cute I kind of want a baby peccary now much cuter than the baby tigers I have to say peccary or is it peccary it could be peccary I don't you know me in pronouncing things I don't know I'm I'm not really familiar with them but. <laughs> we were there one day when when my friend, who is a um, zookeeper, was in that enclosure, and I was oh. telling the kids, "It's pe- peccary." I think I said peccary when I said it, and and uh, I was all, "Oh, oh, hi, Sean!" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm just in here feeding my pigs." I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> try uh, to explain to the kids that these are not pigs." pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look like pigs, but they're not pigs. Yeah. Anyway, so um, oh, also going on was World Book Night. It was April twenty third. And um, we were giving out Catch-22 by Joseph Heller, one of my favorite books. I have been really lucky the past two years. I've gotten really good books to hand out. The only sad thing was I wasn't able to get all of them handed out because scheduling conflicts with only having one car. So I have a few left that I'm going to be randomly handing out to people when I see them. (laughs) If I see somebody who looks like they might be interested in a book, I'll give it to them. So that's about all for us, too. So um, now we'd like to give some time to our sponsor. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. So today we'd like to share with you part two of our three-part series of our interview with Blair Lee, who's the author of Real Science Odyssey Chemistry Level 1 and Biology Level 2. So you, you told us how you got started. Um, so tell us a little bit about the process of writing a science curriculum. I mean, you said you, okay. you, you start out making a little bit of it and then you shop it. So what else do we need so, to do? So it, you have to have a philosophy. Uh, so well, I'm going to tell you how I do it. Um, okay. First of all, I come up with a plan, and the plan takes, the plan for how it's going to be structured and what's going to be in it takes months, Ser- seriously months. You have to, what do you, there's so much. What are you going to include? What are you going to leave out? For instance, in chemistry, uh, most textbooks in chemistry start with matter, but you have got to assume that a third grader does not know what an atom is, and if you don't know what an atom is, how can you know what matter is? Right. So my textbook, I really start at the beginning. Anyway, when I taught, I would even 
do that. Um, when I taught college kids, because I would find out that um, uh, they didn't know often enough about an atom to really understand matter and how bonding works and that kind of thing. So anyway, so uh, I, how is it going to be structured? And then I come up with a an outline that I work off of. And then you have to decide the parts of each chapter. So in order to write something uh, as long as the books that I write, you have to have your overall goal is, my overall goal is to finish the book, but I have many goals. So each chapter uh, is I have a goal. So right now, if you look at, at my outline for each chapter for Earth and Space, it is text, lab, famous science series. Um, if there's an activity, uh, right now I'm working on mapping the Earth, and so I'm going to have uh, I'm teaching kids how to read topography, and mm -hmm. so that I'm having an activity on that, and then the teacher's guide is even in there. Uh, show it, you know, the problem sets are in there. So I have it all listed in the outline. So those are my mini goals within that. No, oh, I think that sounds, that, yeah, that's really good as far as, you know, how the structure how of how you write. Yeah. How I know about the science, highly researched. So my biology degree from UCSD, I have what's called an EBE degree, Ecology, Behavior, and Evolution. So I uh, have a strong background in evolutionary biology and ecology. I didn't take any classes in behavior. And uh, even knowing those subjects as well as I do, I researched and researched and researched because that's what you really have to do. You've got to make sure, if you are teaching kids, you have to make sure um, that you are teaching them the most current Right. Science. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I was, I was biology. I was blown away. So taxonomy. How hard can taxonomy be for somebody with a degree in evolutionary biology? Well, <laughs> that's one of the hottest areas of biology uh, right now because of all of the uh, work that's being done with genetics. So as equipment is becoming is is becoming more sensitive. There's, they're learning more and more about gene, uh, the, the genetic makeup of organisms. And so that, uh, I, I, I'll never forget, I contacted Kate and I said, hey, Kate, um, so this is going to look different than any biology textbook that I have seen. And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, I'm going to have to have cladistics and phylogeny in there. And she said, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and I said, um, and guess what? No one could, the old system, the Linnaean system, is really only used for naming organisms these days. Uh, and she said, well, people really like that system, though. They really understand it. Are you sure you don't want to write that unit about that? You know, just stick with that. And I said, well, here's the problem. Colleges don't teach it. A good college doesn't teach it. Um, and I said, uh, except for naming organisms. So, you know what? I think uh, the problem is I wouldn't use it to teach my son if it didn't have it in there. So that's the thing to remember for anybody using it is even when you think, oh, this is so hard, like the genetics unit <laughs> uh, in my biology textbook, it is I wouldn't teach my son without that in there. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use a textbook that didn't have that because I've really researched what you what really should be in a middle school biology textbook. And it's genetics. I mean, g genetics is where biology is at these days. It just is in every area. I, I challenge you to pick up three articles in the field of biology and find 
two of them that do not deal with genet that do not have genetics as some part of it. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, it's so you got to teach it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got like to tell people, so if you were sitting in a restaurant and somebody was next to you and they were talking in a foreign language, if you knew that language, if you didn't know the language, you just tune them out. But if you knew the language, you would listen, you try to figure out what they were saying. You might even talk to them either in the language or even English. Um, because you would start to key in on what they were saying. And that's all I'm really doing in middle school with things like genetics. Um, with the, the cladistics, I try to do a little more uh, phylogeny. So that's just the st- study of shared derived traits. I don't want to get into it. This is not a science <laughs> lesson. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want people to go to sleep. <laughs> well, okay, let's get more exciting. Then. What's your favorite part of science to teach? My, well, okay, uh, now it's Earth and Space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, honestly, okay, so I was uh, getting a biology degree, so I decided I wanted to save the rare animals in the world, and I went to talk to somebody at CRESS, which is a part of the San Diego Zoological Society, and that is the Center for the Research of Endangered Species. I went to talk to a gal named Nancy Sokala about working in her lab. And she said, do you really want to do something in biology? And I said, yes. She said, then get a chemistry degree. (laughs) So that's how I got my chemistry degree. And I really worked at it. I had not had a lot of chemistry in high school. uh, But I had very strong biology and I really loved biology. Uh, And I would have to say chemistry is my absolute favorite because chemistry relates everything. Chemistry is the foundational science for every other science. I mean, you can, you can tease physics away from it by getting really mathematical with physics, but mm-hmm. chemistry is the science of atoms. It's the science yeah. of matter. And so everything we study is explaining how that works. So, yeah, yeah chemistry. Excellent. Uh, and I hope everybody learns chemistry. It is why I wrote a chemistry textbook for third graders. And the one thing I hear from people is it's too early to teach chemistry. And I would tell you it is not. Not if you really want your child to be science literate. I tell you what, um, I never took chemistry in high school at all. I somehow missed that part of science. And so when I got the um, RSO chemistry book, I took it to a friend of mine who is the department head at a no- local high school for the chemistry department, and I showed it to him, and I said, this is this is what I want to teach my daughter. She's in fourth grade. What do you think of it? And he looked through it, and he said, if I was going to teach chemistry to a fourth grader, this is exactly how I would do it. And, um, and then getting it back and knowing that I didn't know anything really, I mean, I knew kind of a little bit about chemistry from watching like Bill Nye the Science Guy and stuff, but other than that, I didn't really know anything about chemistry, but I was able to confidently and accurately teach my daughter chemistry using this book, and then in the fall, I will do the same with my son, and it, it made me confident enough to be able to do it with how well it's written and how how uh, easily it, it's, it, how easy it is to teach, so thumbs up for chemistry. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, if I were to teach at a community college today and I had somebody struggling with chemistry, I would just give them certain chapters. Yeah. I, I mean, that really, it, it, chemistry does not need to be complicated. 
Exactly. It just doesn't. It. it I mean, you know, I, it's I, in my uh, middle school textbook is going to look different from that. It should. Oh, and so, yeah, you know, it was interesting creating a middle school textbook. So one of the things, I did something anybody that writes will know. I had to find my voice, mm. right? So the biology was a little different. So I, I got lucky. I had actually never seen Terry's books. And mm. I could not believe how similarly Terry and I thought um, a grade school course should be structured, right? Mm-hmm. Um it was incredible. Really, I was really thought that was incredible. But the um, middle school, I designed the way the series looks, and you know, like even with the famous science series. So, if you have for people who haven't used it, it's hist- it's a hit- little history within the science, and that actually is because I love the history of science. And it's not always that pertinent. It's, you know, and so I, I like wove all of that through there. My son really loves the famous science series part of it. He gets a lot out of it. Uh, and so I really stuck with it. But that I had to find the voice. And I spent six months reading fiction uh, for kids for middle school. I mm. read fiction to see what kind of language was vocabulary and that kind of thing was being used in there. Um, and one of the things that I hear again and again about my biology textbook that people like is that it feels like it's written talking to the student. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things that I think is really important with homeschool textbooks, they, homeschool textbooks should look quite different from textbooks used in traditional school. So if you are using my textbooks, this is the assumption I'm making. I'm making an assumption that you want your child to be literate in that area of science. Because the, I don't write fluffy textbooks. I don't write unit study. I mean, I have I wrote textbooks that uh, that take you through the subject and um, their work mm-hmm. uh, for the student and for the parents. Got to kind of watch over and make sure they're doing what they are supposed to and understand it. And so, but in the homeschool community, you can't assume that somebody has a science degree, right? Just because you want your child to learn biology doesn't mean you have a biology degree, like you with the chemistry textbook. So I have to assume that you don't know enough chemistry to teach it without somebody walking your child and you through it. And so that is why you see um, our textbooks, the Pandaya textbooks, look so different. And even her history series where she, which is more of a guideline how to use texts, mm-hmm. it's for, hey, if you don't have a degree in that area, this is how you can do it. And right. I and I love it. And I actually think there are public school teachers. You know, you it, it, I have, because my older kids all went through the public school system, a lot of public school teachers don't have a background in the area they're teaching. And so they could even use somebody really saying, this is what you should teach. Uh, and I, when I look at textbooks that are used in public schools, there's too much in there. You can't <laughs> teach it all in one year. Yep. And and, um, you know, yeah, I know we don't have colored pictures and we don't because it would be way too expensive. We'd have to sell a lot more textbooks to be able to have colored pictures in there at a reasonable price. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and, you know, then we buy in our little niche secular science on school market. But um, they are, if I were going to teach a course to your child, this is what I would teach. I don't have, so I don't have material in there. Um, that I wouldn't teach, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so that you need the teacher's guide for, Hey, if you like this, you need to, uh, 
go off and, you know, look at this. Here, you can use this as a touch point to learn more about it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, it looks like you are working on two more level two books, um, Chemistry and Earth and Space. So can you tell us a little bit about how those are coming along? Okay, so both Earth and Space and uh, Chemistry are going to take less time. Uh, first of all, I already know what it's going to look like uh, to write. Um, and second of all, uh, chemistry is always going to be the easiest for me to write because I taught it for a while. One of the things that I love about my biology textbook is the microscope series. Mm-hmm. I think it was inspired, and I honestly think that that is the best collection of microscope labs in one book that you can find anywhere. I worked hard at the microscope labs. I, if you are going to spend the money on a microscope, I want your child at the end of biology to really be able to use a microscope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and actually, I know I'm totally biased, but mm-hmm. I actually think our textbooks are the very best collection of labs because we are so good about pairing our labs with our theory. Mm-hmm. So there's no copyright on labs. And so what you will see is labs, you'll see labs everywhere that people use the same labs. We, about half of my labs in biology are original to that textbook. Hmm. Cool. Because I couldn't find labs that paired directly to them. And so that is, um, and all the microscope labs I wrote, there are other places that are doing the, those labs, but I wrote them, uh, I really wanted, tried to have a microscope every chapter. So Earth and Space, I'm like, hmm, what am I going to do that's similar to the microscope series? And I came up with the best idea it is called the stargazers notebook it rocks it just oh, rocks it sounds um, fun so with earth and space i hope that people really get out and check it out and uh it's really space and earth because i start i don't start with earth science i start with space and i do that because i as a chemist i thought why shouldn't kids learn how all atoms are created Mm-hmm. So, so that area is actually called cosmology, because then I can really talk more about um, weave chemistry more into the Earth section. So I um, had to start with the big. Uh, actually, I don't start with the Big Bang. I think Chapter Two is the Big Bang, uh, and um, and then Chapter Three I deal with cosmology, how um, matter is created, awesome. where all the different elements come from. And so, uh, uh, so you start early on getting outside and just looking at the skies is really, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, uh, the other thing that I decided, so, um, I, um, one of the things I tried to do with biology was really, it just drives me nuts as a scientist, as a secular scientist in the homeschool world, uh, and also somebody that pays attention to politics, the politicization of different science areas just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, evolution is a fact. I'm really sorry if for people that don't like it, but it happens. Like, period, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Big Bang, they just keep getting more and more evidence. So in biology, I really tried to weave through the textbook what it means, the scientific method and what a science theory really is. And as you know, if you've seen the biology textbook, I am very bold. I state that evolution is a fact. Yes. The theory is uh, how the, is about the process, but not about whether it occurs. Now, my, the lab, my master's in chemistry was a heavy 
data crunching masters. I won't go into it, but um, maybe I'll put it up on my blog what I did. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to take the time here, but I did a lot of data crunching. And so I really understand a lot about the data that goes into making models. And so I got this idea with it. So I thought it was the most original idea. It turns out a bunch of people got it, but I, had, <laughs> I didn't realize it. So there's a, several of us that got this great idea in the last decade that what we really need to do in earth science is teach and, and in astronomy is teach kids about modeling, how scientific models are created. And so I have kids make models. I have kids make a model proving that the heliocentric model that shows that the earth goes around the sun. And so I, you know, so it's really cool. So I have them do modeling all the way through uh, earth and space. And it is, it is super, super, super. I love it. Awesome. And then chemistry, I'm really going to have to think about it because the idea I have for chemistry is for parents. Now, one of the things, parents don't always like to have to do work with the science. So your <laughs> listeners can email me if they what they think of this idea. I think that what I should do in chemistry is have parents make a series of unknown solutions. And so that I have kids through at, starting about a third of the way through do chemical tests. So for instance, a parent will dissolve a penny, a copper, into solution and kids will have to do a chemical test to um, maybe one a month so that I have 10 in the book uh, so that kids have to do a chemical test to figure out what the element is in that solution. But the problem is if that were going to work, parents would have to be willing to make these solutions. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, Trust me, that is really, really fun to do in chemistry. As a chemistry geek, I could tell you those labs are the most fun. Yeah. I was just thinking about, I'm sure, completely different, but when I had to make the um, pH test solution with the cabbage. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> made my whole house smell funky. It makes your house smell funky. Yeah, uh, the whole house. It was crazy. Yeah, but if you really, if you are ever stuck for having to do anything for a uh, kindergartner or below, mm-hmm. in coffee filters with that purple solution and then you take paint brushes oh man they love it they paint with vinegar and then they paint with the baking soda solution and it changes color it's very magical yes yeah we did the we dipped it in the paper towel or not the paper towel the coffee filter and let it dry and used them as test strips and everything it was really cool yeah yeah i think you already answered the next question because i think you mentioned about 10 fun things we have to look forward to is there any other fun things you can think of that you need to mention I'm right in the middle of the mapping section. It's really awesome because USGS allows you to use all their maps. Mm-hmm. Mm. So anyway, there's some really cool maps in there, and then we're on to geology. Fun! And then I've got so many other book ideas. If you've seen my biology textbook, so when I got to the chapter on genetics, chapter 10, I could not figure out how to talk about heredity with anything alive without getting it wrong, Right? Because mm-hmm. genetics is complicated. Um, and so I uh, came up with a quite cute snoot. And the quite cute snoot is a creature from the island of mythical creatures. And um, 
any, I can honestly tell you it is something you will not see in any other textbook. <laughs> Even I have qualms sometimes about creating a creature from the island of mythical creatures in a real science textbook, but it, it kept the genetics simple. Mm-hmm. And um, I came up, I thought, you know what, I should write a series of, of science textbooks for grade school kids based on animals from the island of mythical creatures to teach simple concepts. Hmm. Anyway, so that's my that's something I plan on doing when I'm done with my textbooks. Fun. Cool. Yeah. So you also write for the Homeschooler magazine, which is the magazine for, is it CHN or HSC? I always forget. Okay, it's HSC, but they are, they changed the name. I don't remember what the name used to be, and they, it's now a national magazine. Oh, I didn't know that. So this is, this is how I ended up writing for them. They put out, I uh, get their, I'm on their list, their, I get their, their Yahoo group. Uh-huh. So I saw a message on the Yahoo group from Pam Sorosian, one of the gals that is very active in it. I hate to say I don't know what position she holds, mm-hmm. but uh, she does something in it. And she said, I wonder why so many people come to our website but don't join. Uh-huh. So I sent her an email and said, well, um, which I should have been writing Earth in Space, but instead I got into a little long email <laughs> chat <laughs> with Pam. And I said, you know why? This is what I think. And I sent it off the list. So in California, for those of you not in California, one of the ways you can homeschool is by filing a private school affidavit. Right. And HSC has the best website that I have ever seen in California for figuring out how to file the affidavit. Okay. So I said, you're going to always have people come into your website for just that. Mm-hmm. But the other reason you don't have people signing up is because you're an unschoolers group. And she sent me back uh, an email and said, we are not. We are inclusive. And I said, well, that's not what people think. I'm not an unschooler and, you know, your articles in your magazine and the posts I see, none of them have anything to do with how I educate. And she said, well, that's because we don't get articles from people except unschoolers. <laughs> and I, so I, uh-huh. so I wrote an article and I said, well, we'll see, right? Well, they posted it. Which I was pretty impressed. Because of my secular science leanings, I was pretty impressed because then it also told me they have to be secular. Because I think you would have to be a secular magazine to want to publish somebody who writes about evolution. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? Now, I'm just a scientist, right? So I just write science like it's taught in school. Even though I homeschool. But anyway, um, there's pl- it's like Kathleen says, there's plenty of religious science textbooks out there. Right. So um, I wrote them an article um, learning about science that they put in there. And then they asked me if I would be one of their regular science writers. Oh. So, but the next article I wrote them for them was about a handcrafted education that I talked a little bit about earlier. Because right. I, so as I have wended my way through Southern California where there's a lot more homeschoolers than there were up where I just moved from. I, I, it, I see a lot of unschoolers and I see people classically educating and then there's all these people in the middle mm-hmm. uh, who are cobbling together whatever works best for their child. Right. And so I started thinking there needs to be voices for those people. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other thing that I wanted to say is I, so my son's about to start high school next year and he is really on a college track. I mean, he is, I wanted to be, and I have been successful. Like mm-hmm. he, he is, 
he is that he, is every college going to accept him? No, <laughs> but he's not. He's going to get into some colleges. He's really, really a solid student, and I want people to know from an educator and who was a college professor. Hey, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I wrote it. That is what the handcrafted education article is about. And the teaching science was in their last issue. The, uh, I think they called it the spring issue. And then the summer issue, um, my article is either going to be a handcrafted education is going to be in either the summer issue or the fall issue uh, of the magazine. Uh, and so they really want, anybody that wants to write they really want to be so oh so what they write about is that's the other thing that's what i think is so cool it's secular but i but the thing that's really cool is they their magazine is um a magazine that is looking at the concepts of how teaching happens Uh in homeschooling and so i don't know of another magazine like that that where most of the articles in their magazine are about teaching Mm-hmm. So, so it, because, like I said, I think I said earlier, the revolution in education is in 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 our country is in homeschooling. Because really, if you look at, I mean, the whole Common Core thing, which you know, I if you really think about it, I understand it's you know, okay, you, there's I understand it, but um, not all methods are going to work for every child, and so it's a right. problem when they're all being taught using the same one. Uh, and they all have to learn the same things. Um, and so um, in homeschool, we're sort of the opposite. Right. <laughs> and and actually with Common Core, I think homeschooling is going to grow. And I think homeschooling would be stronger and grow more if you had more people who are educators who homeschool, who really think of themselves as home educators. And I don't mean school at homers. I mean, you know, people who pay attention to education writing articles and mm-hmm. this is the magazine that's publishing them so mm-hmm. um shout out to them i really think that they deserve they're national they want to be national and and i take the time to write articles for them as a non-unschooler so that they will that'll happen for them and yeah. they and they have they have other non-unschoolers they have some great unschoolers they have sandra dodd i see they do and she's awesome rule of unschooling <laughs> they have some really really great unschooling people writing for them but they have other people who are like charlotte mason and me who's middle of the road <laughs> well yeah people who educate classically will come up to me and say i'm so glad there's people educating classically and then i have people who are uh, uh child-led learners who will come up to me and say oh you're a child-led learner so yeah. i just do whatever works yeah. I, if it works, I do it. And if it doesn't work, it took me a, a long time to be able to throw out the textbooks that didn't work. Okay, mm-hmm. $25 down the drain. Don't tell my husband. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but my son hates it. Yeah, That's the other thing that I have had to learn. If he truly hates it, right. I have to let it go. I I, even if I love it. Right. Because it's, it's not about my education. I already got mine. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it is tough. Um, and so, um, oh, so my conference is come and listen right. to you speak. That was my next question. That yeah. was my next question. So yeah. this is for HSC then, right? And this, I'm this is the one in... at HSC and CHN. So CHN, I'll start with the first. CHN oh, oh, is California Homeschool Network right. that is in Torrance. June 19th to the 22nd, and I will be talking about learning about science. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why I choose to t- chose to talk about two different things, but as you, <laughs> your listeners know, I can really talk. <laughs> uh, and it is, um, there's an article that I had, my article that came out in HSC, so I hate using all these acronyms, but it's in the homeschooler, that's really what this um, talk is based on. And um, that's my local group. So uh, that's, I decided to talk at it because it's local. And um, I like, it's a good way to meet people and to are educating like I am. So CHN is Southern, is the Southern California. That's the Southern right, California. Right, so HSC would be the one that happens in Sacramento then. Yeah, or they're doing it in Santa Clara. Which, oh, oh, okay. Okay, so, um, and then that one is July 31st to April 2nd. I'm pretty sure I got the dates right. And I will be talking about handcrafting and education. And that is a concept that I am going to develop more. I'm going to, the article is handcrafting and education, a college bound recipe, but my talk is going to be about, um, handcrafting and education for anybody. Cause I came to realize as I was writing that article that it is a recipe for anybody. Um, and, uh, uh, so anyway, I hope to turn that into a book sometime when I have the times, but I'm going to write my textbooks first. <laughs> Yes. Right, right. So then the HSC used to be in Sacramento, right? I'm trying to remember because I know one of them was always in Northern California and one was always in Southern. Yes. Is the HSC the one that used to be in Sacramento? Yes. Okay. I think it's, yes, I totally am not sure. I grew up in New York and Texas. I do not know California. um, I am terrible with where things are in California. So, uh, but they are in Santa Clara because I've already reserved hotel room. And, um, uh, yes, I... Well, they've moved since I last, well, since I last looked into it. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it, but I wish they'd just come by. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> make it easier for the speakers and the presenters. <laughs> they would, um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get to go meet more I get people. them all mixed up all the time, both of those organizations. I used to be a member of both of them because they're the... For people who are not following yet, these are the California organizations for homeschooling. There's two main ones. Those are the two main secular. Yeah, you know, actually, I think it was HSC that um, I listened to Deborah Marcus's interview. I think that was the group she was talking about that is oh. the unschoolers group. Right. And they are trying not to be everybody who's right. not in a school or write articles for them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Conference, come up and listen to my talk. That's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that. All the unschoolers are going to say, we're not going to go listen to her talk. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> My husband and son. <laughs> we'll make sure to put the information about your about your talks in the show notes. So anybody who um, wants to look into it further can just look at the show notes for the links. Yep. Cool. Cool. And I'm going to tell them that anyway, they should tell share the information about the podcast too. Great. We appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So we hope you enjoyed part two of our interview with Blair Lee, and um, we'll join us again for part three of our interview. Yeah, we had so much fun talking with Blair. We just went on for over an hour, and I think it was like an hour and a half total, so we had to break yeah. it into three parts. It was so long, <laughs> but it's really good stuff. It is really great stuff, so make sure you join us for part three. And so, Tina, what have you guys been reading? 
Oh, well, my kids have been reading like crazy in the last month or so. Um, let's see. Together, we finished The Throne of Fire by Rick Rorden, which is book two of the Cain Chronicles series. Um, and we started The Serpent's Shadow, which is the final book in the Cain Chronicles. And that is really, really good. Um, and Maven reread The Search for Wandla by Tony Dieterlitzi and A Hero for Wandla. Book, which is book two in the Wandala series by the same author. And um, that was in preparation because next month, the third in the series is coming out. So she had to go back and reread those. So it was fresh on her mind. <laughs> and let's see, she also read The Dragonette Prophecy and The Lost Air, which are books one and two of the Wings of Fire series by, I don't know if you say Tui or Tui. It's T-U-I is his first name. His or her, I don't know if it's male or female. Tui, we'll say Tui. Tui T. Sutherland. And um, she's awaiting book three to come in from the library. Actually, I think it's sitting there. I just haven't been over there yet. And Tiran, um really got into reading, well, besides listening to the Story of the World series, which I mentioned, he listened to the entire book one, and he is almost done with book two, the audiobooks. There's like eight CDs, I think, for book one, and about nine for book two. So that's a lot wow. listening. That is. <laughs> yeah. He's been listening to those, and then he read a bunch of Oliver Moon books that he had gotten for Christmas a couple of years ago and never read. So, actually, he read a few of them before, so he reread some of them. So, he has read, and these are by Sue Mongredian. Um, so, he read Oliver Moon and the Potion Commotion, Oliver Moon's Summer Holiday, Oliver Moon and the Spell Off, Oliver Moon and the Broomstick Battle, and Oliver Moon and the Monster Mystery. <laughs> and those are not <laughs> books one through, what is that, six books, I think? I don't think it's book one through th six either. It's like... I apparently didn't get them all <laughs> in order. Oh. So he didn't, and apparently these books, it doesn't matter if you read them out of order, or at least he didn't notice any difference. So <laughs> well, that's <laughs> like, you know, one, two, three, and then like six and eight and nine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, those are what he read. Um, and he was completely motivated by getting an hour on the computer when he finished each one. They're kind of short books. They're, they're kind of easy reads for him. They're not like mm -hmm. the totally tiny, thin, like Magic Treehouse series, but they're like a step up from there. But um, they're still, like, he read them in, like, each one of them in, like, an hour or so. <laughs> it wasn't hard reading for him, but at least I got him reading again, because he loves there to read go. when he's motivated. But let's see. And me, I also decided to read The Search for Wandala and A Hero for Wandala, because Maven had been talking about what great books they were. And so while we had them here at the house, I was like, I'm going to read them. And I whizzed through them. They were really, really good. So now I'm anticipating book three, just like she is. <laughs> and then, like I mentioned before, I started listening to Wicked. I guess the full title is Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West by Greg yes, e. McGuire. And I had heard that there were two books in this series, but I when I looked on on uh, Amazon, I think there's three, actually. So I have to look it up again. But anyway, I'm still listening to that one. It's really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you guys been reading? Well, let's see. Jack-Jack has been on a Star Wars DK Reader's Kick. And um, so we have read several of those, including Can You Spot a Jedi by Sherry Last and Watch Out for Jabba the Hutt by <laughs> Simon Beecroft, <laughs> yes. which are slightly better than the other Star Wars readers that we were reading because um, they stay in um, in the right world. Like, if you're reading a world that's got um, little Anakin in it, it's got Jar Jar Binks and it's got those characters in it. But if you're reading a book that's got Han Solo in it, then it's got the appropriate characters for that. Whereas our, our other phonics readers that we had mixed up, like, the characters. Oh. It, it was really weird. It, <laughs> um, and it was bothersome to me yeah. more than Jack, probably. <laughs> but it, 
drove me crazy. Um, see, Danny um, finished up the Omen of the Stars series um, by Aaron Hunter. She finished Night Whispers, Sign of the Moon, The Forgotten Warrior, and The Last Hope. And now she started on Dawn of the Clans. She finished The Sun Trail, and we're waiting for Thunder Rising to come back into the library. She's number one on the wait list, so fingers crossed it will come in soon because right now she's not reading anything. <laughs> Don't you hate that? I do, and, and she she won't pick up another book if she's waiting for a book oh, that's right. in a series. Right. Like, can't do that, can't step out of series, whereas I have no problem with that because I finished Divergent by Veronica Roth, and I'm on the wait list for Insurgent, which has a very long wait list, and um, I finished Something More Than Night by Ian Treglis. I don't know exactly how to pronounce that. And um, I unfortunately had to put down Shatter Me by, I'm going to pronounce this one terrible, Tahera? Mafi, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't read it. I, it was too difficult. It, it. She has a very interesting writing style where it's almost all stream of consciousness. There's a lot of strikeouts in it, uh. and yeah, and it's really difficult. I mean, it, the storyline itself sounds great. It sounds like it's a you know a really interesting dystopian. You know, me and my dystopian novels, <laughs> but um, I just couldn't read it because of the the actual writing style itself. It was just too difficult, mm-hmm. which is sad because that's um, Ransom Riggs's partner. And I thought for sure, because they work together, like they, they have desks next to each other in their house and they work <laughs> together. And I thought maybe some of that Ransom Riggs awesomeness might have rubbed off, but no. <laughs> oh, well. I finished um, Wool by Hugh Howry, Howie, and I'm waiting for the next one to come in. It's called Shift, and that's another dystopian novel that was recommended to me by our friend um, Heather um, she had read them and, and recommended them, and that's really, really good. And it, I was when I was researching um, the book, I found that they've signed a movie deal for it. So I'm I'm excited to see that come to um, the movie theaters. <laughs> and so while I'm waiting for either Shift or Insurgent, whichever one comes in first, I'm re- filling the time with some really, really bad supernatural books. <laughs> the, TV sh- oh, no. the, TV so- the TV show Supernatural? Yeah. You know how they do TV show novel tie-ins? Yeah. Yeah, they're really they, good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, they don't take very much brain processing power, yeah. so <laughs> that's why I'm doing it. So I, right now I'm reading Nevermore by Keith D. Candido, and um, yeah, I feel like the guy maybe watched five or six episodes of the show, and oh, now no. he's trying to write novels about it <sighs> when there's nine seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I've read I've read fan fiction that was better, but yeah. you know. <laughs> It's light on the brain processing, so I'm going to keep going with it until one of my other two books comes in. Sounds good. Yep. So tell me about your link of the week. So I discovered this website called homeschoolingideas.com, and it's homeschooling with a hyphen and then ideas.com. Mm-hmm. And um, it is really, really cool. There's so many really good um, resources on here, and I have only just scratched the surface. I stumbled across it when I found a neat article on here, and then I just started reading other articles, and there's just no end to really neat resources on here. I should also point out that she is a secular homeschooler because I emailed her, and we started talking back and forth about some of her articles, and she shared um, her, she has a um, planner that she shared with me and Becky, which we'll talk about at another time when we get a chance to look through it all, and um she has some little ebooks on here also and anyway through talking to her i discovered she's she's in the uk and she is a secular homeschooler so there is no religion on her website it's not anti-religion either though so 
mind you. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, so really great stuff on there. I highly recommend it. I can't even like talk about all the stuff that's on here because there's so many cool things. And she's got ideas and activities. She's got worksheets and scheduling and different curriculum information. And it's just a really good website. You just have to go in there and start digging around and uh, just poke around. It's not. It's not like um, super. Uh, it's not a bad looking site at all, but it, like the the uh, the web designer in me is like it's not a site that I would normally expect to have that great of fabulous content on because it's not like stunning, but it's mm-hmm. it's really got good content on it. So I highly recommend getting in there, dig through, look at some of the stuff. Oh, I like one of the things that she, that really intrigued me that I need to read more on is she talks about a one hour one hour homeschool day, fitting everything into one hour a day. What? Yeah, and it was really cool reading about it. So I really really like it. So. I'm going to read more about that. <laughs> but I can't even imagine. Yeah, no, that, that, that's something that's in here. And I, I, uh, she has some really good ideas on it, too. So, Cool. Yeah. So what do you have for your link of the week? Well, I have a website that's got a very niche market, but I think some people will be interested to hear about it. There is a new website called Hogwarts is Here. It's hogwartsishere.com. And you can actually sign up to attend Hogwarts. Now, it's... <laughs> It's online. It's all online. Um, in fact, in your acceptance letter, it says something about because of the uprise in, or the the rise in numbers of Muggles who are um, being accepted to Hogwarts, they now have an online division of Hogwarts. <laughs> so you sign up. It's free. All of it's free. It's run by um, by volunteers. And um, you sign up and you choose your house and everything. And I panicked and just chose, chose Gryffindor because I... I didn't know what to choose. And um, and you sign up for your classes. I am currently only signed up for one class because there is actual homework oh for this place. And one of the reasons why I wanted to share it, because this might be a good way to get kids to do stuff like, you, my first assignment is I have to write an essay. It has to be at least 200 words about my favorite constellation because I'm taking Astronomy 101. Oh. So I have to write the history of the constellation, you know, where it's located, what the traditional history of it is, and then I have to make up my own history of the constellation. Oh. And that's just the first assignment for Astronomy 101. <laughs> there's actual textbooks that you get in ebook format, um, and there's all sorts of stuff going on. As you go along, you get to collect um, chocolate frog cards. <laughs> um by clicking on, you know, they're random. So as you're clicking through doing things, you um, can find those and um, all sorts of really neat stuff. There's little chat areas. I haven't really gone into the chat areas because I find, at least at this point, I'm one of the oldest people there. <laughs> and um, I'm not really into chatting with 12-year-olds. So, um, <laughs> But the academics part of it... <laughs> separate from the student life part of it is interesting. And it's not like they're they're bad. They're not chatting about bad things. They're just chatting about things I don't understand and I'm not interested in. So <laughs> um so each course that you there's there's several courses available at this point. I'm not exactly sure of the total number. They're all taught by volunteers though, so it may take some time to get your grading and that kind of thing done. Um there each course is divided up into nine weeks. You get your study materials. There are quizzes and essays and tests and actual homework assignments. Like I said, there's books that you have to read, um, but there's no time frame. So um, if you sign up for a class, you don't have to finish it in the nine weeks. Mm -hmm. It's just the first week you'll be presented with the first lesson. And if you don't finish it by the third week, you'll have three lessons piled up. But that's okay because you can take as long as you need to to turn them in. And um, it's just kind of a neat, cute thing. Um, but it seemed to me like it had like deeper stuff that it could give us as far as, you know, writing an essay. I mean, 
you know, finding a way to get your kid to write an essay on something they're interested in. You know, I mean, what's better than Hogwarts, right? Right. So check out HogwartsIsHere.com, and um, if you sign up and um, choose your house, if you get into Gryffindor, look for me. I'm in there. I'm under Spooky Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was my link of the week. So would you like to do our listener recognition? Okay. So from iTunes, we got a lovely review from Emily Z22 um, that says, Lots of resources. I am not sure how I found this podcast, but I'm so glad I did. At first, I was scrolling through the archives and only downloaded the topics I thought were relevant and have since downloaded all of them since episode number one. I listen while I am washing dishes and folding laundry. Listening on my iPad has been helpful because I can quickly pause when they share a resource I want to check out, Google it, and pin it for later. Their show notes also provide all the links to resources and the titles of the books they are reading in their families. While I am a Christian homeschooler, since I am Catholic, I find that most Christian homeschool podcasts don't give you the depth of resources like this one does. Plus, as Catholics, we believe in evolution. I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't either, but interesting. Yeah, and and it's good to hear resources for science that are not creation-based. Thank you, ladies, for a great show. Well, thank you so much for your great review. We really appreciate it. Love hearing that kind of stuff. Okay, so I think that was everything we wanted to cover this time. I believe so. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, visit our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And also on our website, you'll find all our contact info to drop us a note or a voicemail and let us know if you have any links that you think would be great for the link of the week. Goodbye, everybody. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. Yep. Goodbye. Bye. Danielle was the only one who tested, so. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Let's just cut that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but he's finished the initial evaluation. <laughs> Man, I need more caffeine. So today we'd like to share with you part two of our three-part series of interview... Of interview? (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear that? No. Jeez, my son just burped so loud it was like Mike from Monsters Incorporated. (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised it didn't blow him backwards. (laughs) Jeez Louise, child. I listen when I while I am wish, wishing dishes. <laughs> wishing the dishes away. <laughs> the show notes also provide all the things to resort. All the th- no, you didn't change that. I didn't. <laughs> the things. <laughs> I'm like, did you get that? No, because it said thinks. I think before you put things, it's supposed to be links, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it makes more sense. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, for our show. Okay. Did you say thank you, ladies, for our show? Did I say for our show? It's, I swear no, it sounded like you I said thank you, ladies, for our show. Oh, I probably did then. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fix that. Oh, lordy.